Welcome back to the Rest in Culture podcast, everybody. So here's an article from the New York Post, and it's describing a company out of Mississippi, United Furniture, that has laid off 2,700 of its employees right before Thanksgiving. And I mean, there's no doubt that's absolutely terrible, horrific. But the thing that really gets me, and I'll, I'll read through this, there's something in here that just struck me as is absolutely, unbelievably, undeniably wrong. And I want to show that to you here. So here's the article. It says, United Furniture Industries laid off all 2,700 workers while they were sleeping. Like a lot of companies do, folks, this company filed or fired all of its 2,700 employees while they were sleeping, telling them in text and emails. Nobody wants to actually get everybody together or try to get most everybody together and tell them why they're they're letting people go what what happened you know giving them a little bit more face time in terms of why they have to do this so many companies now just send you text and emails very impersonal and they want to know why people don't really invest themselves in, in, into companies you know heart and soul anymore well it's stuff like this so the mass firing on Tuesday by United Furniture Industries, which makes budget-friendly sofas and recliners for Simmons upholstery, has left thousands of employees, including truck drivers and factory workers in North Carolina, Mississippi, and California, unemployed just two days before Thanksgiving. I quote the company here. It says, at the instruction of the board of directors, we regret to inform you that due to unforeseen business circumstances, the company has been forced to make the difficult decision to terminate the employment of all of its employees effective immediately on November 21st with the exception of over-the-road drivers that are out on delivery your layoff from the company is expected to be permanent and all benefits will be terminated immediately without the provision of Cobra so this company is privately held United US furniture company United furniture industries is out of Okalona Mississippi and they've just fired everybody without the provision of COBRA. What makes that really strange here, folks, take a look at this article, just by way of example. This is coming to us from Business News Daily. And it goes on to say this is an employer's guide to COBRA insurance. So this is for employers. And it says COBRA can provide necessary health care coverage for eligible employees. And this is an important stopgap that a lot of people use if you get fired or laid off or whatnot. This is something, COBRA is something that you might have to rely on for one month, two, or maybe three or longer until you can line up other insurance. Now, the thing that's amazing about what this company's done is that COBRA is a federal law that provides eligible employees and their dependents health insurance coverage in the event that employee that an employee loses their job or has had their hours reduced. Employers with 20 or more full-time employees are required, required to provide COBRA coverage. And it says that for an employee to receive COBRA coverage, they must experience a qualifying event such as a loss of employment. So it's pretty clear from this that these people need to seek legal counsel in terms of what this company has done. Um, absolutely un undeniably amazing because a lot of people nobody wants to go without health health coverage and when you take employees that are in Mississippi and North Carolina especially 
they haven't expanded Medicaid. So what kind of an option do these people have for health care? It's just not not is it just a, a terrible thing, not only that, but it's absolutely appears like an unlawful thing. So all of this is this whole layoff situation kind of struck me as strange because when you go back to this Washington Post article that was written two years ago, it goes on to say that across the country, furniture retailers are reporting months long delays in every step of the supply chain from overwhelmed factories to clogged ports amid surging demand for desk, chairs, and sofas during a pandemic that has kept millions of families stuck at home for nearly a year. So the business has gone from absolute boom to bust in that time frame. Undeniably amazing. And it makes me wonder about this, folks. It, the first thing I thought about is what Jeff Bezos, right? The Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, he was out last week warning on the challenges of an economic recession. And he was saying this, the probabilities say, if we're not in a recession right now, we're likely to be in one very soon. My advice to people, whether they're small business owners, is to take some risk off the table. If you're going to make a purchase, maybe slow down that purchase a little bit. Keep some dry powder on hand and wait a bit. So here's a guy running one of the biggest retail, online retail companies in the world, arguably. And he's telling people that he thinks you need to kind of cool your jets when it comes to spending. So there's there's some interesting currents that are happening right here in the economy that uh, we definitely need to kind of be appraised of and watch as they unfold, folks. Um, interesting stuff. But I will argue that a lot of people are saying that we're going to have a depression, uh, a very bad recession. But there's lots of things that Biden has passed in this last uh, year or two that are going to be coming into the economy, the infrastructure repairs. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be f money that's going to be flowing into the economy that will offset, I think, and, and possibly make any sort of recession that we're going to have a little bit lighter. Uh, government spending in, in the scale that we're going to be seeing in terms of infrastructure and a lot of other projects related to schools and things like that are going to have a beneficial effect on the economy. So that might actually slow down the process. Um, and make the recession a little bit more milder if we we can only hope so folks switching gears here take a look at this <clears throat> what could go wrong new scientists is telling this that genetically modified tobacco plant now can produce cocaine in its leaves doesn't that sound like a great idea let's make a tobacco plant that actually produces cocaine <clears throat> pardon me what could go wrong with this so they're saying that the complex biochemistry that sees coca plants make cocaine has been unpicked and replicated in a relative of the tobacco plant recreating the process by modifying other plants or microorganisms could lead to a way to manufacture the stimulant or produce chemically similar compounds with unique properties i don't know another article of uh, science possibly going awry we're kind of at a fork in the road it, it could either go in a terribly drastically bad direction and you know where, where this could be abused or it could go in a good direction only time will tell but the same website has got an article another article that i just can't help but bring up to you and show you again 
What could possibly go wrong with this? A 48,500-year-old virus has been revived from Siberian permafrost. That sounds like a great idea. I mean, what are these people thinking? Leave it, leave it the hell alone. Maybe I'm just too old. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting to that age where you just don't want to mess with stuff like this. And you don't want to see scientists getting out there and messing with stuff like this. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. The article says that seven types of viruses have lain frozen in the Siberian permafrost for thousands of years have been revived. The youngest were frozen for 27,000 years, while the oldest virus was on ice for 48,500 years, making it the most ancient virus resuscitated so far. They're so proud of the fact 48,500 years is a world record, says Jean-Michel Clavery at A. Marcel University in France, who did the work with his colleagues. Oh, fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I just can't wait to see where this goes. We're just waiting for the... It sounds like the, the way that a really bad movie starts, doesn't it? I mean, it's... I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm too old here, folks. But to me, it sounds like a hell of a bad idea. Take a look at this article, though since we're we're on uh, the subject of, of crazy stuff here. So this is again coming to us from the New York Post, and it says Elon Musk's son reportedly ran around Twitter HQ during key meetings. Who would have thought? Elon Musk's two-year-old son was running around Twitter HQ playing with toys as Musk conducted key meetings shortly after taking over the company earlier this fall, according to a report. The Washington Post reported this, that Musk brought his son named XAEA-X. Oh, God. It's like a circuit. He's named after a, an electronic circuit board or something. Well, he brought his son named that into a second floor conference room at the San Francisco office on October 27th to meet with Twitter's trust and safety team. During the meeting in what staff called the war room, children's toys were strewn across the conference room floor while Musk's son ran around playing with them <laughs> okay you know i i want to i don't want to appear insensitive uh and some people might say well what else is he supposed to do well the man's a billionaire get a nanny you know get get somebody to watch the kids for the hour or two that it takes to do the movie uh, excuse me or whatever they're talking about they're the the conference just get a nanny you know, it, it's not a big, big deal here. Um, I mean, this isn't a low-level employee that uh, is just scraping by. This is Elon Musk, for God's sakes. So, folks, I want to thank you for joining in. And don't forget to subscribe if you enjoy the content. We'll keep an eye on the news. And until next time.